0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Box <laughs> Office Brunch. We're your hosts. I'm David. I'm Rita. And today we're talking about one of Rita's favorites,
1: Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. DD.
0: And to celebrate Donnie Darko for breakfast, we got Dunkin' Donuts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the text you sent me last night, I was like, David's definitely hyper. <laughs> You're like, OMG, Dunkin' like, Donuts for our Donnie Darko podcast. <laughs> the DD alliteration. It's perfect. Lots of exclamations.
0: Yeah. I was actually in like going to bed, and I was looking at the Dunkin' Donuts menu on my phone to see what I wanted. and
1: And you still got something that you probably didn't decide last night.
0: No, that is what I decided. But I oh. wasn't sure if I wanted a donut and coffee as well.
1: What happened?
0: I got a donut and coffee. <laughs>
1: I got a spider donut.
0: Rita wanted her Halloween donut fix.
1: Yep. It was a glazed donut with a cake donut hole. Chocolate cake donut hole. Yeah. And like they drew little eyes on it. Little
0: legs. Yeah.
1: Gotta get one every year. Woo. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. I didn't drink coffee either.
0: Yeah, she's dragging a little bit this morning. I got to try to hype her up. Yeah, we'll see. So Donnie Darko, this is a Halloween movie. Shut the fuck up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a movie that you can watch around Halloween time. There's a Halloween party in it.
0: That's true. And there's a costume. Mm -hmm. So I watched this on Plex. Plex Mm -hmm. has like random movies, kind of like any streaming service. And this I actually saw this because it was featured under their like best costumes section that they're that they have for Halloween, so Plex think this is a Halloween movie so yeah what else trigger warning there's drug use a little bit
1: there's some pretty it's kind of not kosher anymore yeah there's some pretty interesting stuff that goes on in it
0: there's some underage drinking there's
1: Racism. Racism. Child, child predator. Yeah, Some
0: mild gore. You don't actually see like the violence happen, but you see it right afterwards. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie, trigger warning, this movie makes me feel weird.
1: <laughs> Why? Well, I guess we'll talk Maybe about it. Maybe
0: because I don't understand it fully. But it's also just like it doesn't, really have a happy ending there's time travel it's like pretty it's a very complicated movie the first time you I I think it's probably near impossible to fully understand on your first watch through
1: I understood it
0: oh well Rita's just a genius I guess and I'm (laughs) a big old idiot
1: (laughs) no I just was a weird isolated child who watched creepy stuff Pretty sure my cousin for my birthday got me, like, the script book of this. The what? Like, the it's the whole script, but it's made into oh, a book. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: So, I obviously grew up, this movie was, like, a cult classic, and all the cool kids liked this movie, and I watched it for the first time, I was like, mm, that makes me feel uncomfortable, and I didn't watch it again for a number of years. I just rewatched it again maybe two years ago or something and then again for the podcast and i like it it's good it but it's i don't know i don't know how to describe it it does make me st- kind of uncomfortable to watch
1: zach thinks frank is creepy so well
0: yeah i I'm like, like he's cool i don't like the way he talks hello he's all like whispery
1: yeah but the actual Frank doesn't talk like that. Mm-mm. How did he... Okay, we're gonna get... Let's just get you shit.
0: Yeah, we're ready. Let's go. <laughs> All right. You got some facts for this one since this is your movie?
1: Okay. Donnie Darko was directed by Richard Kelly. It
0: was also written by Richard Kelly. Mm -hmm. This was his. He's a freak. Apparently he started writing this like the second he got out of, not the second, but like right after he got out of film school because he was kind of fascinated with this idea of a plane engine falling through, falling into somebody's house and nobody knowing where it came from. And that's. That was what the happens? seed that became Donnie Darko. It's
1: pretty cool, right? Yeah. It was released. It was like an independent film when it first came out. So it was released at Sundance.
0: Yeah, in January.
1: Yeah, of 2001. And then October 26, 20, 2001, <laughs> 2021, in the <laughs> United States, the budget was $4.5 million, And it made total box office $7.5 million. So...
0: After initially like very disappointing like $500,000 opening but
1: honestly now it's it's kind of like a cult classic
0: yeah so part of the reason that it performed so poorly initially was because a lot of the advertisements and stuff for it included footage of a plane crash and this obviously was released October 2001 which is like a month and a half after the September 11th attacks so they decided not to advertise it very much or they pulled a lot of the advertisement which really hindered its performance at the box office but kind of with word of mouth and then its home release it performed much better yeah i initially wanted to call this the poster child for cult classics but then i remembered that rocky horror picture shows a thing yeah (laughs) that kind of takes that. well
1: it got 87% of critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave the film positive review.
0: Yeah, I think initially the critics didn't know what to make of it and I actually have some notes here for it as far as like how it did afterwards. So The film's release was riddled with trouble and seemed to almost be cursed. It took six months to secure a theatrical release, and when it finally was released, it was six weeks after the 9-11 attacks and featured an accident involving an aircraft, which affected the chances of its success. Kelly said that the film was, quote, not attractive to people in that emotional, very deeply traumatizing chapter in our history. The president of New Market Films, Bob Burney attributed the film's box office failure to the bleak mood and the timing of its release. He also claimed that the critics failed to understand and accept the film for what it was. I don't really like that excuse personally, because it sounds like very much like they didn't get it. Yeah, Which I think is maybe not true. I say that as somebody who didn't get it. (laughs) And then they also said that when people watched it, the mood filtered through people's perception of it because it was kind of a bleak film like it doesn't have a happy ending spoiler alert. spoiler alert but it doesn't really have a happy ending not for Donnie anyways and I think that
1: not for anybody well
0: I mean he saves the world and people who would have died live because of his sacrifice
1: right but they're all left with the impact yeah. Of it, knowing him.
0: It's it's a very complicated ending, I would say. The emotions around the ending are not. But I think people initially, or initially, I think people in the wake of the nine eleven attacks were wanting something uplifting. They were wanting something happy. They didn't want something that was going to be a downer.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like when Boondock Saints was set to release after Columbine. Yeah. And they were like, we can't do that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think that this was just complicated. Yeah. In terms of the timing just was not for it. But like you said, it definitely found a following after its well, theatrical release. I, I would say like I've seen things. Say, people, this is on lists of like best movies of all time for people. It's good. Yeah. I think it's very good. It's just, you know, some movies are just Cursed. Stop. On the release.
1: <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? Then something's like gonna fall. What? Uh, like my protein shake. <laughs> all right. Cast includes Jake Gyllenhaal as Donnie Darko. Boo, Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm not gonna read all these people. Okay. Holmes Osborne as Eddie Darko, so his dad. Maggie Gyllenhaal, his sister. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister as his, his sister, sister. and Elizabeth his sister. Darko. <laughs> Davy Chase as Samantha Darko. She also plays the girl, the creepy girl in the ring, Samara.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: I'm pretty sure. I believe it. Mary McDonald as Rose Darko, their mother. James Duval as Frank the Rabbit and Frank Anderson the person. Arthur Taxier as Doctor Tad Fisher. Patrick Swayze, R.I.P., as Jim Cunningham. David Saint James as Bob Garland. Jazzy. Mana as Joni James, Seth Rogen as Ricky Danforth, Jolene Purdy as Charita Chen, Stuart Stone as Ronald Fisher, Gary Lundy as Sean Smith, Alex Greenwald as Seth, Devlin, Beth Grant as Kitty Farmer, (laughs) Jenna Malone as Gretchen Ross. And then I'm just going to put Drew Barrymore as Karen Pomeroy because I feel like well you've got patience cleveland as roberta sparrow slash grandma death and then you have katherine ross as dr lillian thurman which is donnie's therapist i think that's it in terms of who's important
0: like important characters yeah. yeah did you see who was considered to play samantha
1: no
0: i can't find it right now it was what's her name who played matilda
1: Mara Wilson.
0: Yeah, Mara Wilson was considered to play her, but she got creeped out by the script and turned it down.
1: You done. And she up, also Mara. like
0: retired from acting. So
1: yeah, she did. All right. So the the p- plot, the summary, the what's it called? <laughs> the synopsis. Synopsis. After narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes.
0: I think Frank and Jake Gyllenhaal's face are like the two most iconic things in this movie. I think everybody has probably seen Frank in the bunny suit.
1: Yeah, but like, I have so many questions, which we can talk about after we watch the trailer.
0: Okay. Did we talk about the, yeah, you mentioned the budget and box office. (laughs) Yes. And I hijacked it. It was as though this plan had been with him all his life, pondered through the seasons.
1: Now, in his 15th year, crystallized with the pain of puberty. So, why'd you move here? My mom had to get a restraining order against my stepdad. He has emotional problems. Well, I have those too. What kind of emotional problems does your dad have?
0: I met a new friend.
1: Real or imaginary? Wake up,
0: Donnie. Imaginary.
1: I'm gonna tell you a little story today about a young man whose life was completely destroyed by these instruments of fear. I haven't seen stuff. Donnie is experiencing what is commonly called a daylight hallucination.
0: (laughs) I have to obey him. He saved my life. Have you ever seen a portal?
1: Has he ever told you about his friend Frank, the giant bunny rabbit?
0: The what? Every living thing follows a long set path. And if you could see your path or channel, then you could see
1: into the future, right? I'm not going to be able to continue this conversation.
0: Don't worry. You got away with it.
1: What is going to happen? I only have a few days left before they catch me. When is this going to stop? You should already know that. That was an interesting trailer.
0: That was in French. It was. I <laughs> well, was the like... Te- the, the text f- was. The
1: first text, I was like, I don't remember reading that person on the, on the the cast list. And then I was like, oh, this is in French. It's saying things in French. And then it shows you the whole cast in English.
0: Yeah. Well, what would their names be in French? <laughs> I don't know. But that's...
1: I was just feeling, okay, they're going to show yeah. us the whole cast. Yeah. Initially,
0: like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well...
0: Well, why don't you start with what you like about this movie since you this is your choice and I know you really like this movie.
1: All right. Well, I like that it's deliberately ambiguous. Like, I don't think everybody who watches it can will get the same... Yeah. Out, like, we will get the same conclusion or come to the same conclusion.
0: About the themes and stuff.
1: Right, because it's like... When Frank tells Donnie the world is ending, it's like, okay, well, is the world ending for everybody or is the world just ending for Donnie? Right. Does Donnie's world end on this specific day that he gives him? Right. Which it does, but like, spoiler alert. And then is this, or is this just...
0: Spoiler alert for this whole podcast. We're spoiling the whole thing, so...
1: Or is this just Donnie's mental illness manifesting itself in like a weird way? Right. Like,
0: is their actual time travel in this movie or is it just donnie's condition
1: yeah i mean what do you think well i don't think it's his condition because obviously he dies at the end (laughs) and he didn't die in the beginning i think the reality is that these are the repercussions of messing with time in Mm. terms of donnie was supposed to be in his bed the night that aircraft goes through but he had like another purpose and that's where i get kind of confused with the whole thing because i'm like okay this is all happening because he was supposed to be in bed and he wasn't mm-hmm. and he doesn't get killed right. he right? was
0: he was taken out of his bed because he wasn't supposed to die because he wasn't supposed to die then because he was supposed to die later
1: like 29 days later or whatever, yeah when but the other thing is i wonder if frank time traveled to basically warn donnie that his outcome could be different mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it wasn't because then you you know as you later on find out when you frank first takes his mask off and you're like what happened to your eye and mm-hmm. you find out that donnie shot him yeah on halloween it's a halloween movie <laughs> but i like all of that stuff you know yeah. what i mean and it is confusing because then you've got grandma death Mm -hmm. who Roberta Sparrow who wrote the book on time travel who for some reason is always in the I don't know if it's in the right place but it's in a place at a time Mm -hmm. when she's not supposed to be you know because if she wasn't in the way on Halloween they wouldn't have swerved and then ran over Gretchen
0: yeah so I think there's definitely an aspect of this movie where people are in a certain place and doing certain things in order to move Donnie in a certain way. So Drew Barrymore's character is there to give them that book. And Mm -hmm. the other teacher, Noah Wiley's character is there to give him the time travel book so that he learns that grandma death is an expert in time travel. And is she crazy because She looked into time travel and it drove her nuts or what? And then Gretchen is obviously there to die so that Donnie has a reason to go back and sacrifice himself. Right. So, and then, yeah, I just like everyone is serving a purpose to move Donnie in a certain way.
1: Yeah, and when you first meet Frank, you're kind of like, okay, well, that's kind of like bizarre and weird. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm -hmm. And he gives him like that cryptic message about like 29 days, like whatever, Mm -hmm. in his whispery voice. And then you kind of realize that Frank is manipulating him. And then you just wonder what Frank's connection is to all of this. And that's like, he manipulates him to... Deface the statue and to flood the school. The school, and then to set but he Cunningham's home on fire.
0: So that's another one. Like, he manipulates him to flood the school so that they get the day off, so that he can meet Gretchen, so that they can have that conversation, so that they can get into a relationship.
1: Right. I mean, it's just like, I more so, I'm not like, what was Donnie's purpose? I'm like, what was Frank's purpose?
0: Yeah. Do you think Frank went back in time so that Donnie would? die so that he wouldn't kill him i don't know yeah
1: i mean because in the other reality right like where donnie dies Mm -hmm. cunningham isn't caught with child pornography but he's crying right you know and it it leaves it that's where the ambiguity comes in
0: wipes a tear from his right eye
1: yeah and gretchen bikes by the house and she has this weird thing where you're like deja vu right like is she familiar with this person but she's not and then she waves at his mom kind of in like a weird knowing mm-hmm. way and so again and his mom like,
0: waves back and the look on her face is like i feel like i know that person but i don't
1: i'm right. not sure and just how like his dad is crying but his mom's just like numb
0: yeah it it almost seemed like the people that he butted heads with the most like his sister his older sister and his dad were the most upset And then his younger sister was, like, sad, but she wasn't crying. And his mom was just smoking a cigarette.
1: I don't know. He butts heads with his mom a lot.
0: Yeah, because there's that whole scene where he calls her a bitch.
1: Yeah, like, he hates his mom.
0: I don't think he hates his mom. I think he's just a teenager.
1: I mean, he's a teenager with mental health issues.
0: Right, and he feels like he's a burden and... He's like how does it feel to have a son who's a wacko or whatever?
1: I would have been like feels great. I'm thriving. <laughs> but I think that's the main thing I enjoy about the film is the ambiguity. I think it's interesting to choose the Frank from Halloween, right? Yeah. In his costume and shit. And then also how does Donnie not know Frank before that, right? Because isn't Frank dating his sister? I don't know. Or Maybe. isn't it implied
0: maybe yeah
1: because you know at the party it's like frank was here Mm -hmm. and then she's like oh frank went on a beer run Mm -hmm. and so it's just like how did frank and donnie's paths not cross prior when it's like obviously frank knew his sister i don't know and why did he shoot frank of all people he should have shot the bullies i know they ran away but that's who he should have shot
0: because frank was driving the car that hit gretchen
1: i know but it wasn't his fault it was grandma death's fault I don't know. Yeah.
0: Also, I think there's some, like, Christ allegories with Donnie. Like, he's definitely... He's both a Christ figure and not a Christ figure in that he sacrifices himself to save the world. He... I also saw something where it was talking about, like, how Christ was tempted three times. And Donnie succumbed to all three of the temptations that... Jim Cunningham warned against so he named drugs premarital sex and there was a third one alcohol as like the three temptations of or the three embodiments of fear or whatever he's preaching against <laughs> and Donnie succumbs to all three of those he smokes a cigarette he drinks and yeah he, but Christ didn't I know so that's he's definitely not a one-to-one allegory he's an imperfect Christ figure essentially
1: I mean, and then it's like bizarre because the plane his sister and his mom are on is the plane that, that. I also
0: saw something that said Donnie was the one who caused the plane to crash. How? With like telekinesis. And I was like, when the fuck did he get telekinesis? <laughs>
1: I don't think that's true. Yeah.
0: He just was looking at it. I think the reason
1: that black holes came up is because the plane, it's, it's implied it goes through a black hole mm-hmm. and that's what resets time. Right that but it's their planes jet engine basically that crashes through his room yes and that's why the faa doesn't know where it came from because it went through a black hole and went back in time
0: but i feel like it is also implied that donnie knows how to go back in time like he has some sort of control over it because
1: but does he or is that just like his mental health condition exactly is that uh, the current state of his consciousness i don't know i don't know
0: but he seems to to know after gretchen dies when he like puts her in the passenger seat of his car it's like he knows what he has to do how he does it i don't know (laughs) but it's like he knows that he needs to go back in
1: oh and they watch the evil dead yeah that's what they go see on their date
0: do you know why it was the evil dead no so they were initially Initially, <laughs> where initially, I was like caught between oh, initially and originally. Okay,
1: that makes sense. I was like,
0: they were initially going to watch what's it called, Chud, which is like cannibalistic humanoids. Uh, what was it called? But anyways, they couldn't find they couldn't secure the rights to it because they couldn't figure out who owned the rights to that movie. And eventually Sam Raimi gave them the rights to the evil dead note at no cost and allowed them to like manip- manipulate really nice. it for the movie. I also saw that Christopher Nolan was like a big reason why the movie secured a theatrical release because it was almost released on like stars on TV and wow. went straight to VHS. Let's see if I can find it real quick. So they were negotiating And Drew Barrymore was involved in the negotiations, and she essentially begged New Market Films to agree to buy the film for a theatrical release. And Christopher Nolan and his wife Emma Thomas helped him secure a deal after Memento producer Aaron Ryder arranged for a private screening of Donnie Darko for the New Market executives. Oh. So, like, some big names, like... Came in here to save the day, pretty much.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you can t- you can actually tell how long Donnie was gone to burn the house down. Yeah. Based on where you are and where they are in Evil Dead.
0: Mm-hmm. How
1: how are you just gonna? There are so many questions I just have. leave her in there. And how are you, ca- you just know, like, gonna casually leave your girlfriend? Like, but how I'll is she die. just gonna casually fall asleep during a scary movie like that? I'm not gonna be able to sleep with all that screaming. The original Evil Dead is one of the scariest films, I think.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I like Sam Raimi's movies, but I could never get into the Evil Dead trilogy. I have tried. And I just can't get into them for some reason. Well, that's because
1: the first one was meant to be scary, and it is. And then the ones that followed are funny.
0: Yeah, they're like slapstick. Yeah.
1: Like Army of Darkness is not serious at all. Yeah. So... The the first one's the only one that's serious.
0: The remakes are I won't trying to be scared or not trying to be funny at all.
1: No, they're trying to just up the gore. Yeah. Like how much gorier can we make this? This girl's going to desiccate her face with a broken part of a mirror.
0: Desiccate?
1: Desecrate. <laughs> Was that the word? Yeah. Desecrate. <laughs> Maybe Maybe I just am a little tired.
0: That's okay.
1: But it's pretty interesting actually, though. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's like very thought-provoking. I maybe part of the reason that I don't I don't want to say I don't like it cuz I do like it, but part of the reason that it makes me uncomfortable is because I don't fully understand it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal was gonna replace Toby Maguire Mm-hmm. in Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I did which see Which Sam that. Raimi directed. Because Tobey
0: Maguire had like constant back pain.
1: Tobey Maguire's a little bitch. <laughs> no offense, but I don't really care for him. I had such a crush on him when the first Spider-Man came
0: Have out. you ever seen... Uh, what's the name of that movie? Brothers? No.
1: Because <laughs> I keep seeing clips from that with a little girl playing with a balloon.
0: It's got Jessica Chastain in it. Molly's Game. Have you seen Molly's Game? No, I haven't. Where she like runs the underground poker ring. So there's a character in the movie that's played by Michael Sarah, I want to say. And they call him like Player X. And this is based on a real person. And he's like this total piece of shit.
1: Hmm.
0: And apparently Player X in real life was Toby Maguire.
1: I believe it. <laughs> I do believe that.
0: That movie's really good though. Molly's game is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, watch it. So for me, as far as the things I like the most about it, I like the performances. I think Jake Gyllenhaal's great. He's totally creepy and weird, just like he's supposed to be. I really like his dynamic with Maggie Gyllenhaal in the movie. <laughs> I like that they casted his actual sister. Cause I think it makes their dynamic a lot more realistic like that opening scene at the table where they're like how exactly does one suck a fuck
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that and just... then she's like the little sister yeah she's like what's a what does she say what's a fuck ass yeah or something like that yeah. and then the dad's like oh <laughs> in the script it says he lets out a guffaw i
0: don't like that word
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it reminds me hannah was just showing us one yesterday where from modern family where they're at the wedding and I don't know anybody's name in modern family, but like the gay couple and one of them's crying and their daughter is in the wedding and she sees him crying and they're like, no, it's okay. Daddy's not crying. It's okay. And she just goes, fuck, 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 fuck (laughs) to make him laugh. And everybody starts laughing and they like, look at each other. Like, see, it was funny.
1: (laughs) It's always funny when little kids cuss yeah it shouldn't be but it is
0: i also just like i like time travel movies i think that the concept of time travel is really interesting it's extremely complicated and i don't understand it all but i like it yeah it's too complicated for my little brain
1: i mean it's meant to be yeah i really don't think like you're meant to know why anything happens the way it does
0: yeah I just, it's interesting to think about whether, like, are things determined? Like, are things going to happen the the way that they're meant to happen no matter what? Or are we constantly splintering into different timelines based on the choices that we make?
1: Yeah. Like the butterfly effect?
0: Exactly. Or, like, the multiverse effect, where in this reality, I made the decision not to Go to Dunkin' Donuts this morning. Like every choice, every choice we make creates a new (laughs) alternate reality. I'm very impressed by what
1: I just did. Sorry, (laughs) that's okay. I'm listening. I just like that was very good. My vibrato
0: that was good.
1: I love how I sound so different in this episode because I'm congested. Yeah, I sound like a pubescent boy. The
0: curse got Rita sick last weekend. Yeah. Right after we recorded, actually. Yeah, if I
1: get sick again, I'm not coming back. Okay. David's like, great. (laughs) I'll celebrate.
0: What am I supposed to do? I'm not going to come kidnap you and bring you to my house. If you say you're not coming over to my house again, what am I going to do? Nothing. Nothing. Can't do nothing.
1: That makes me think of Blue Saints again. The guy's like, where are you going? To to the dead guys. You ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, because they're dead. I
0: don't know. What else do you want to talk about? Because I don't really have any more likes. Under my dislikes, I have the vibe as a downer.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is. It's not a movie you watch to make you happy. No. I actually, like, the first time I ever saw it, I was homesick from school. And it was just on one of the TV channels. And I caught the middle of it. Yeah. And I was like, what is this creepy movie? And then it, there were reruns.
0: I had a movie like that. I I'm trying to remember what it was now that I watched when I had a fever one time I was laying on the couch watching this movie when I was sick and that changes your perception of a movie so much when you're in and out of sleep and you have a fever and it just makes everything so much more yeah so much weirder but
1: also I think the ending to the movie would have been so much better if we didn't know what happened to Donnie
0: if you just oh like it if it cut it off before he went back and no like or
1: not even that he went back and sat in his bed right but Mm -hmm. just like he maybe he's in front of his house or something and he does the weird laughing thing then when he realizes the date and then it just cuts to like the jet engine falling through the room you don't see if he's in it and then everyone's doing that weird crying montage and then it just ends
0: oh so you just want them to cut out the part where Gretchen talks to the kid and they're like yeah my neighbor died
1: yeah Like, it seems unnecessary, you know, because you kind of know that's what's happening. I do think it's a little bizarre that he just starts laughing when he realizes what date it is. I'm like... Is that why he's laughing? I thought that's why he was laughing.
0: Because he's laughing and then it cuts to the TV static. And for some reason, I thought he was like having a psychotic episode and just (laughs) laughing No, I think he notices
1: the date is October 2nd Mm. and he starts laughing because I think he finally gets it. Like, what Mm. the past, you know, 29 days or whatever... the the lunar moon cycle
0: you know this movie was also shot in 28 days Eh. yep it's weird the same amount of time that passes in the movie
1: that literally tells me that they should not be taking that long to film certain movies then that's true (laughs) you got time and he did it with a cheap-ass budget
0: yeah like 4.5 million
1: yeah there was a sequel to this movie but richard kelly had nothing to do with it yeah um, but he did. It was announce, called S. Darko. Yeah, it was
0: about his younger sister. But in 2021, he announced that he is working on a sequel.
1: I don't leave it alone, dude. This is a perfect movie. It was wrapped up in a tight little bow, yeah. nicely. Patrick Swayze is no longer alive, sadly. So it's not like we can know what happened to Jim. Well, we could. We could know.
0: I mean, they could say something in passing or like have a news article about it or like something in the newspaper. Maybe. Do you know where the idea of the future lines came from? No. So Richard Kelly was high and he was watching football and of
1: he,
0: he saw them, I think it was Steve Madden was drawing lines. On the screen of where the players were going to go before the play was made. And then he would turn it on and they would do it. And so he was like, What would happen if that was a thing in real life? If someone up above was drawing those lines in real life and we could see him Oh. So that's why when Donnie Darko sees them for the first time, they're watching football.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. That was a weird scene. Yeah like some shit you would see if you were high
0: but yeah i mean it's an interesting again it goes back to that kind of time travel thing like if you could see those lines and it goes back to the conversation that he's having with his teacher where he's like if you could see those lines you could change those lines right yeah you could choose not to follow them i don't necessarily understand why his teacher could lose his job for having that conversation
1: it was a different time yeah especially with oh, Kitty considering being like
0: considering Drew Barrymore's character did lose her job because she was pushing the boundaries. Kitty probably would have brought up if you were questioning God's place and everything, then she exactly. probably would have It was stink.
1: very much had a lot of heavy parent influence at that school. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think, I think that he was just trying to be careful because he's like, I better not talk to you about this shit. Fair. Yeah. We haven't, now that I'm thinking about it, we've never done the ring on the podcast. Nope. That's a good one.
0: Are you talking about the American one?
1: I've never seen the Japanese one. Hmm? Not sure I want to.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I've i seen uh, the grudge. Yeah, I don't think I've seen the Japanese one either, actually. But why you, so I've why seen, did you ask me that? I've seen the Japanese grudge because I got confused.
1: Confused by what?
0: Never mind.
1: (laughs) Okay. Do you have fun facts? Because I was
0: thinking about the grudge and not the ring. And when you said the grudge, I was like, oh shit, I'm confused. But there is a Japanese ring. I I know. It's
1: called Ringu or whatever. I know.
0: Yeah, let's get into fun facts.
1: Okay. Do You tell me.
0: Well, the one about... (laughs) I'm going to read the one that I like because I thought it was funny. So this was Seth Rogen's film debut and his first line in his first movie is i like your boobs <laughs> as that was funny because that that seems like seth rogan
1: i like your boobs oh seth i clicked out of them hold on oh 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 hold on <laughs> now i'm in fun facts for the ring so <laughs> here we go because I accidentally clicked through because I was like, I better make sure that that girl actually was in the ring. She was. She was. Okay. But then it was like the cursed video and I was like, the what? <laughs> I think you've read them all.
0: Like we've already mentioned a lot of them? Mm-hmm. Well, I read through Because
1: a lot of them are like, these two people starred together in a different movie. And that's not really like a fun fact.
0: Well, the first one is at the wrap party for the film, Seth Rogen and Jake Gyllenhaal agreed that they had no idea what the movie was about.
1: Patrick Swayze wore his own clothes from the 1980s for the film.
0: Oh, here it is. In the movie theater scene, Richard Kelly originally intended to have Donnie and Gretchen going to see Chud, which was a 1984 film. I have to look it up to see what it stands for, but it is cannibal humanistic cannibalistic humanoids under something
1: while filming the scene where Kitty Farmer speaks about how Donnie directed her to put a lifeline exercise card in an uncomfortable place. Richard Kelly laughed so hard he had to leave the set. She's good at playing like a Karen. Yeah. That actress. Oh
0: cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers is what it stands for.
1: Sounds like your kind of movie. No. No. Like, is this a human nope. centipede?
0: Ew, no, I've never seen it. I haven't either. No thanks.
1: Have people seen it? Have people seen it? Yeah. yeah. Like your friends?
0: Yeah, I think Hale watched it.
1: Ew, Hale, you pervert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hale's not even able to listen to this, so he's not going to know I called him a pervert.
0: No, he's not a pervert, though.
1: He's not. I'm not a pervert. I just wanted a Turbo Man doll. What's that from?
0: Jingle all the way. (laughs) Yeah. So the director's cut greatly alters the pacing of the film, adding deleted scenes, new visual effects, and switching the soundtrack of the movie around. Richard Kelly regards the version not as a director's cut. The title was pushed by the publishers as he considered the theatrical version just fine in its own right. Instead to him, the new version is a special edit of sorts.
1: Jim Cunningham's cunning visions infomercials were shot at Patrick Swayze's ranch, in Lakeview Terrace, California.
0: Oh, I also saw that in that infomercial, he like slaps a boy's butt or whatever, and that's the same boy from the assembly, the boy who's asking him how to fight. Yeah. Really, really creepy after what we learn about him.
1: Yeah. That's, uh,. It's always those ones, though. You know what I mean? Not Patrick Swayze, though. Not Patrick Swayze, but, like, that character he plays. Yeah. At least that character didn't play a ukulele to apologize. <laughs>
0: Ew. I'm
1: just saying. Did you
0: hear Jojo Siwa went on a podcast to defend her and started talking about how they were friends since Jojo Siwa was, like, 12? And I'm I was like, like, that's grooming. You are not making a good point here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are groomed, girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. I don't like Jojo Siwa.
0: No, I mean... I don't really have very strong feelings about her either way.
1: I think she's annoying every time she comes up on my yeah, life. Yeah, I
0: think she's annoying too, but I don't think she's like necessarily problematic.
1: No, I just think she's annoying as fuck.
0: Yeah. So the th- song that plays as Donnie's riding his bike home in the theatrical version is The Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunnymen. As Gretchen waits for the school bus, a Volkswagen Rabbit quickly passes in front of her. When Elizabeth is sleeping in the recliner, there's a stuffed rabbit next to her. As Donnie reaches for the car keys, there's a Polaroid picture of him and his sister in Halloween costumes on the desk. Donnie's dressed as a rabbit. When Donnie is talking to his sister after his mom leaves near the end, a jack-o'-lantern bunny is seen on the table. Frank, the rabbit, often appears near a water source, sprinklers water mains faucets. I don't necessarily know what the end of that fun fact has to do with, like, why is he always near water? I don't know.
1: Bitch, I don't know your life. That seemed like a random
0: addition to that fun fact.
1: I agree. According to the commentary by Richard Kelly, the man in the red jogging suit is an agent from the FAA, which was so confused by the jet engine event that they sent agents to monitor the family members. The mystery woman seen during Sparkle Motion's talent show performance was a talent scout from Star Search. I don't know why those two were put together. Because they do different things. Yeah. But... Yeah,
0: that's exactly like the fun fact I just read like why was that him <laughs> being near water sources like tacked onto the end of that yeah
1: this was voted number 9 in film 4's 50 films to see before you die but isn't that like the classic thing we're seeing that's a theme amongst these films is that this film was almost not made or this film was almost didn't see the light of day and then it ends up being a really great film yeah Oh shit! Patrick Swayze portrays a charismatic educator purpo- pr- promoting, <laughs> performing, <laughs> promoting a questionable education course. Swayze was a former Scientologist,
0: I and Scientology
1: see that. has an education program called Applied Scholastic.
0: I didn't know he was a former Scientologist.
1: I feel like a lot of celebrities are Scientologists.
0: It's, it seems more prevalent in like California and Hollywood than anywhere else. I've never been approached about becoming a Scientologist. Maybe I don't have enough sway in the world for them.
1: Honestly, don't approach me because I'll deck you in the face.
0: I'm just going to like beam me up or get out of here with your aliens, okay? I don't give a shit.
1: Get the fuck. That's why I don't like Tom Cruise, by the way. Not because he's like a Scientologist, but because like I already kind of didn't like his vibes. And then I found out he's a Scientologist. And then Katie Holmes was like talking about all the stuff he did that was abusive because he was in Scientology mm-hmm. during their marriage. And I was like, Oh fuck that. Fuck him.
0: What? There's a little gnat.
1: Oh, it's Like really close. Great. To I just thought you were like seeing things like it follows or something. You're about to like get murdered. No. All right. What else you got?
0: The words cellar door are written on the chalkboard in Karen Pomeroy's classroom. When Donnie asks about their meaning, she replies that quote, this famous linguist once said that the, that of all the phrases in the English language of all the endless combinations of words in history, that cellar door is the most beautiful in the director's commentary. Richard Kelly mistakenly attributed the phrase to Edgar Allan Poe, but it was actually George RR Tolkien who in his 1955 essay English and Welsh said that most English speaking people will admit that Cellar Door is beautiful, especially if dissociated from its sense and from its spelling. More beautiful than, say, sky, or more beautiful than beautiful. Interestingly, Lord of the Rings includes a country called Ariador and an elf nobleman called Celeborn, both of which sound similar to Cellar Door.
1: Mm, interesting. Those were all my fun facts. I mean, there's like the stupid ones that are like, this was the film debut for Ashley Tisdale. You're like, cool.
0: I saw another one that was interesting, but I have to find it. Oh, yeah. Noah Wiley, I guess, is shown eating hard candy during his scenes because he decided that his character was diabetic. I'm like, that shit's so stupid. Like, I'm Nobody cares. It. Yeah, Nobody I'm gla- noticed. I'm glad I made it more real for you, but I don't
1: care. <laughs> But nobody was like, "Man, he's eating candy because yeah. like he's diabetic." Yeah, I'm Ashley Tisdale plays Kim. Oh, I did notice dorky that. Dorky girl.
0: I did notice that one.
1: I felt bad for Torita. Yeah. Especially when he goes up to her and he's like, tells her she's worth it, and she like flips out. Freaks out. She's yeah. like, "Shut up!" <laughs> he was just like, "Damn, he's just trying to be nice to you, shit." But she probably was so used to getting fucked with that she was like. I don't want to listen to your bullshit right now. Get the fuck out of here.
0: So when the entire school's flooded, you can see a short, a shot of a message underneath the mascot statue that says they made me do it later in the scene at the Halloween party. Just before the end, you can see a shot of a message on the fridge that says Frank was here, went to get beer. The two texts are in the same handwriting, which is a hint to, at the fact that the Frank who went out to get beer is the same Frank as Donnie's imaginary bunny.
1: Well, we knew that. So clever. It is really clever, but...
0: <laughs> you're, like, making fun of this movie that you honestly, love.
1: no, I'm just making fun of people that are like, isn't that so cool? And you're like, yeah, that's the point. But, you know, it it, it was shocking, that first moment when the guy steps out of the car and it's Frank.
0: Yeah. Well, you see the the bunny head that he's holding right like oh shit that's frank
1: yeah and you're like oh shit but you don't know that like frank doesn't know who donnie is yeah in that moment right like you don't know what's gonna happen yeah i don't know his poor eye
0: well he shouldn't have hit gretchen
1: he he was trying not to hit roberta sparrow
0: grandma death had her time
1: she literally almost gets hit by a car how many times in that movie? Like 3 or 4 at least. <laughs> and she does not give a fuck. She don't give a fuck. Like she's literally like take me. You know like in a uh, Breaking Dawn part 2 <laughs> when um the vampires the two vampires go for like one of the vultures, and he's like finally and he just like lets them take him.
0: I don't remember that part.
1: Yeah. It's during the battle, the fake battle.
0: Should we do like the Halloween movies for Halloween one year?
1: Maybe. The Rob Zombie ones disturbing.
0: Is that the newer one? Or is that the one where it shows him at the as, as a, a kid uh-huh. at the at the beginning? Where
1: it shows him like do commit the murders. Him. Well yeah. it shows him like killing animals. Killing
0: his or killing his sister, right? No.
1: No, he he starts with animals. And then he What's hates. What's the one where
0: where it's like him as a kid in the beginning? Yeah. That's, it is that one? That's the okay. Rob
1: Zombie one. But it starts with him killing animals. And mm. it actually starts with him. He beats one of his classmates with like a stick in the woods. But there's
0: a movie where it like starts at where it's like his perspective. Mm. Like it's from his point of view.
1: No. I, that's so maybe that's a different The Rob Zombie one's not. It's okay. It like shows him as a kid and like the abuse he Takes from his stepdad and then he just like snaps. Mm. His mom's at work. It's Halloween night. He kills his stepdad. He kills his sister and he kills his sister's boyfriend. Oh, I think that is the one I'm thinking of. And then then Lori, his baby sister, he doesn't kill. Mm. But his mom comes home to everybody like murdered. And so then they- Oh, and
0: she pulls his mask off.
1: Huh? He's a kid. Yeah,
0: but he's dressed up.
1: Yeah, and then- No, he's like out front with the baby and she's like, why are you out front? Like she drives up and and she goes inside and she starts screaming because he's like, yeah, he's just like calmly out front with his little sister. Mm. He doesn't even say what happened. So then he goes into a facility and she visits him all the time, but she's like emotionally distraught and he's like, when can I get out of here? And then, yeah, he murders all the people in the facility except for like no, he even murders the nice guy that was nice to him. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Clearly, <laughs> it's clearly like
1: I... following me on this journey of me trying to remember this movie.
0: And clearly I'm thinking of a different one. So,
1: There are so many of them. There's so many. We could. It'd be kind of funny.
0: Yeah. Well, then nobody could say it's not a Halloween movie.
1: Yeah, it literally has <laughs> Halloween in the title. Although these, like, it's like the, the Friday the 13th and the Halloween movies are so funny because, like, this guy gets stabbed, like, 50 times and then he's, like, still comes back.
0: Like, literally superhuman.
1: Yeah. It's insane. I,
0: uh, well, I think it's Halloween H2O or something like that. He literally gets his head chopped off and they're just like, yeah, it didn't happen.
1: <laughs> he that magically was, has his head. That was somebody else. Yeah. Fake news. Yeah
0: the links these people will go to for a sequel
1: yeah i don't know i used to watch friday the 13th it is friday the 13th which tnt yeah. is probably running their marathon of the friday the 13th films because oh. me and my cousins used to watch them that's another one where you're just like wow he's drowned how many times <laughs> he's still yeah so what? This kid drowns, and then he just like hangs out in the lake for fun yeah. until like campers come. Like they need to just just make him
0: like a zombie at this point. Yeah. Instead, he's just. Like, but
1: zombies yeah. usually aren't out for revenge. They're just out for brains. Hmm.
0: So, anyways, he's we different kind of zombie.
1: We literally went on a tangent. Yes, we did digress. <laughs> anyways, were those all your fun facts? Yeah. Okay. Should we rate this sucker? Yeah. Okay. Acting?
0: I gave it an eight.
1: I gave it an eight.
0: I thought the acting was probably my favorite part of the movie. I thought the acting was great. Really? Probably.
1: Okay. What are the other ones? (laughs) (laughs) Funny. Funny. Well, it wasn't funny.
0: I gave it a four.
1: I mean... I gave it a two,
0: so Oh a two. Oh a two, it it's so funny. awful.
1: It wasn't funny.
0: Yeah, was the effects in Halloween Town.
1: I thought Halloween Town was funnier than this movie.
0: So did I.
1: <laughs> effects. I gave it an eight. I gave it an eight. And then story. I gave it a ten. I gave it an eight. Okay, well. You still gave it less than me.
0: Who cares? <laughs>
1: And mine was a 7 out of 10.
0: So was mine.
1: Oh, oh right, because I gave it a 2.
0: <laughs> Jeez. The double standards. Oh, I, th- I did actually laugh out loud during one scene of this movie. Which part? The scene where he is like, and he and Gretchen are talking, and he's like, you know we've been going out for two weeks now, right? She's like, oh, do you want to kiss me? And then she's like, not now. There's a fat guy over there staring at us. And then it like <laughs> hard cuts to this like fat guy in a red suit smoking a cigarette just right there.
1: That's the FAA agent.
0: I laughed at that part. That was really funny.
1: <laughs> he's just like, so. Yeah.
0: He's like two feet away just looking at him.
1: That's some Jim Gaffigan shit. Yeah. Yeah. Can I have a swig of your water? I'm really. brownies make me thirsty. <laughs> Anyways.
0: Anything else? No okay well don't forget to follow us on instagram so that i can post all the same stuff on the same day because i forget (laughs) (laughs) at box office brunch so you know when we're posting sometimes you don't know when we're posting so we're gonna keep you on your toes and also email us your thoughts and suggestions at box office brunch podcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next week bye bye
1: I got a moment, ça.